What we're going to do tonight is going to just go back um, before we look at the perfected. Um, last week I shared a whole lot of things that weren't down here, which is good, and it's all good. And um, But I just do want to go back and have a look at Genesis 3, uh, verses 6 to 13. So if you go to page 7, so we're just still in the problem, and it's about in the middle of the page um, the scripture's not, but where you're going to fill the blanks in. But if you have your Bibles, or if you actually go to page 8, you'll see the scripture written out um, on the top of the page. So before we get to the perfected, which is the third aspect, because we've looked at the promise, the problem, the perfected, but we're going to just go back and have a look at the problem, because if we don't know the problem, you don't... You, you, you're never going to know the solution until you know the problem, yeah? So if you don't know the problem, you don't know how God needs to fix the problem. And there was a catastrophic problem that happened in Genesis. And um, unless he's shown you that, you're unaware of the problem. So humanity is born thinking it's good. We all think inherently we're good until God shows you that, no, you're evil. And so sometimes you don't know why God has to take you to places and do the work he has to do because you're unaware. And so you can't recognize why he's doing what he's doing, why I'm saying what I'm saying. And so that can create a clash because you go, why are you telling us this? And it's because it's a true state that we have to be aware of because it was the state Adam and Eve found themselves in after they partook of the wrong tree. And people ask me, and you would have heard this, how to? How do I come into life? Yeah. So you eat of the tree. So as soon as they ate from a tree, they instantly were disconnected from God, correct? So what happens when you eat from the right tree? You instantly come into knowledge. They ate and they had a knowledge that they were disconnected. They needed to be covered over. So... There's your how-to. If you eat, you instantly get knowledge. Simple, eh? It's real simple. So it's eating spiritual food brings you into knowledge. You'll know how to. So if the fall did that, they ate and they knew, then the tree of revelation, you eat and you know. So let's just go on and read this out because there's something in here that we need to see because this is how we will behave if we haven't yet let God in to do a deep work. Okay, So in Genesis 3, verses 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that's her natural eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So they partook of this tree that was going to make them wise or so they thought. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. They ate and they knew something. They had a knowledge of something as soon as they ate and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. 
Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Question. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. What do you notice from verse 6 to verse 13? What are some of the things that are jumping off the page in relation to their behavior? Hold on. So the man pointed. Well, he blamed God, didn't he? He actually blamed God. He said, the woman you put here with me. So he accused God. Yeah, thanks. So he's actually saying, it's your fault, God. The fact that this happened to us is your fault. Was it? Was it God's fault? No. Cool. And they did that because they'd partaken of something, eh? See what happens when you partake of the wrong tree, you, your behaviour is demonic. Okay? So that's one. What else do you see here? Your perspective of God changes. Good. So what they were in oneness with God, weren't they? They were in fellowship with God, communing with God. There was not an issue. Partake of something and instantly your whole perspective of God has changed. Good. What else? Yeah. So there's a, and that's that accusing thing. There's a blaming going on. There's an accusing going on, which just comes out of us because we're trying to protect us, aren't we? Cool. What about at the start there? There's some things happening at the start. Actually happens three times. Yeah, there's that. Covering. There's a covering three times. They cover themselves three times. So you cover over, cover over. What are you covering over? You are, but what part of your body are you covering over? Think of an organ. Go to heart. So instantly we're covering over. The heart is the instrument of life, isn't it? So we all start covered over, correct, from God. Well, three times. So you're covered over, they're covered over three times and then the blame game starts. Well, that's how we all start. See the problem? That's not how they started, but that's by partaking, the problem was now they're covered over three times. And what happens when God comes into the garden, they hear sound? They hear the sound of the law. What's that? What could that be today? The word. So when the word goes forth, you cover over. What are you trying to protect? The thing you've got to give over. So your natural starting point is to cover over when the word of the Lord goes forth, when the sound of God comes into earth. You're like, cover over blame. It's his fault, it's his fault, it's her fault, it's their fault. That's the problem with humanity. That's humanity's natural disposition. 
You see why you need saving? See why you need to get uncovered? See why you need to get naked in front of God and one another? Because they were naked in front of God and one another and there was no shame, correct? But man starts full of shame because of our behaviour causes shame. He says, no, no, I need to uncover all that, unwrap that, but how many coverings have you put up? How many walls do I have to tear down before I can get to your heart? So can you just give me your entire heart so I can actually go to work and restore you? But God, that's all he is asking for is your whole heart. Simple. But not. No, it's simple. It's not easy though, is it? Why... Are they going the opposite way to the way they were going? Because something has entered into them which is causing that behaviour. So we start anti-God, don't we? Going the other way. And do you know just acknowledging what Jesus did on the cross through words, through the intellect, doesn't free you from that. Otherwise, as soon as you prayed that prayer, you'd be able to live. You'd be able to do what God says you can do, wouldn't it? So we're in need of power, aren't we? Do you know Paul writes pretty much in every book about power and the need for power, not verbal agreement or mental understanding, but power, which means it takes the human aspect completely out of this thing, doesn't it? And you have to come as a child comes, being willing to go through the process that the Bible calls circumcision of the heart. Because you've partaken of a tree which has caused the hardness of heart and your innermost being place to be anti-God. Tracking? That's a real issue. And just saying yes to what he did doesn't necessarily free you from that unless when you say that there is an interaction of power, resurrected power, because you receive Jesus who is the resurrected life into that and that hidden place that's in you leaves. And we're going to draw some more stuff up on here. And we touched on it last week. Um, with Tess when she asked the question about dying and I'm going to do it again and maybe a little bit different so you can see some things, show you some scriptures and hopefully it'll just help visually but you need to see it here. You need to hear it here. It can help seeing it here but you won't know it until the God does it and a work happens and hopefully that will just give a bit more clarity. But just at the bottom of page 7, you see you've got two trees, Yeah. Cool. So you've got two trees. One tree is the tree of what? Tree of life, which is who? Christ, because Christ, Christ. <laughs> Christ is the true vine, is he not? Right. So the tree of revelation was in the garden. You also had the tree of good and evil. So which one did they partake of, good and evil or Christ? Good and evil, correct? Okay, so you've got three lines. Is that right next to your tree? Put in one of those lines, reason. So this tree is a tree of reason. 
So Adam and Eve partook of this tree, and now they want to reason things, and they want to make reason of things. It's like logical is another word you can put down. Is there anything logical when you come from this tree? It's the complete opposite, isn't it? Like lose your life to find life. Is that logical to the natural? No, but is it the way of God? Mm -hmm. But you don't start with that being the way to go, do you? You go, I'm not losing anything. This world and the thing in me tells me, no, no, you hang on to your life and you build your life and in your gain. Well, that's the opposite of the way of God, isn't it? So like I just want to repeat, we start completely in the back to front antichrist demonic wisdom. That's a significant problem that we can't fix. So reason, rationale, the third one, logic, all comes from that tree. That's why God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Don't even try to understand me in your mind because you will completely go the wrong way. If you try to understand me in your mind, I need to get to the place of uncovering your heart and get your heart exposed so I can actually start going to work on your heart. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Why do you reason in your heart, religious people? Isn't that what Jesus said? Why are you already planning in your hearts evil thoughts? Because he knows and that's why he asks for and commands that we give him our entire heart. Which is Romans 12 verse 1 which actually is what worship is. It is not singing songs, but we continue to use this language. We're going to worship. I wish everyone would worship God and give them their entire lives and lay their lives down. It would be a really cool place to be. Rather than coming to sing songs and actually don't lay our lives down and hold on to our lives and wonder why, as a whole, we're not in life. So I'm going to throw that up there because you need to see this divine pattern Worship is a lordship issue. It's not a saviour issue. It's a lordship issue. And if we're not in lordship, you can't expect life. Because life comes from lordship. And lordship isn't giving God 50%. Lordship is giving God it all. So he gave it all, which means we must give it all. If you want life, because that's what lordship is. So worship is a lordship issue. He wants to be your lord and saviour. Too many of us say he's my saviour and lord. But the scriptures have him as lord first, saviour second. Is that important? You better believe it's important because you can be saved and not be in lordship. So you can't access and possess life because you're the one still controlling your life. You are still the Lord of your life, little L, even though he's your saviour. So he needs to become your Lord, big L. You are no longer Lord. You are no longer the control of you. You have relinquished and yielded your life unto and it never comes and lives that spiritual thing that's in your hidden place that we're going to put up on the board so can you hear the problem but can you hear the solution the other tree only has one thing 
associated with it. And what would that be, beginning with R? Say it, Deb. Revelation. So put revelation in that one mark. It's always the way, isn't it? All the options, and there's only one option when it comes to him. On the revelation of eating from that tree, you will have an eternal life now and an eternal life that is growing within you. And that life will be full and overflowing because you are entering into and allowing him to do what he's asked you to do, which is to yield up and give up your entire heart. It's all we've got to do. You want life? Give him your whole heart. How do you do that? <laughs> you actually can't, can you? You can't actually just enter into that and go, well, here I am, I'm going to give him my whole heart. Because if you've given your heart away, you've got to go grab your heart back. and That can take forever. <laughs> There's got to be a divine work of power. So the way in which you enter into that is called what? Beginning with R. It's all the R's tonight. Repentance. Which we're going to look at that because there's two types of repentance. John said, repent from your and iniquity, iniquity and sin. And he said, go be baptized. And then Jesus turned up and said, repent because... Right, so there's two types of repentance because there's two died from different messages but one defines the other. And we've got to be aware of this because it's going to happen within you. All right, let's go to the solution or the perfected. So just come over to page nine. Anyone want to ask a question so far for clarity? Revelation? Uh, yep, is a work of repentance. And then I said there's two types of repentance we're going to look at. So there's the repentance, which is a circumcision and a crucifixion of here. And there's a repentance, which is a renewing of here. So I'm going to draw that up on here, and we'll see that. Um, <coughs> okay. So the perfected. Just in your notes there, Matthew 5 verse 8, Therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow, that's a standard, isn't it? Perfect. I haven't been perfect my entire life. What are you talking about? <laughs> mature. You are to be mature like your heavenly Father is mature. So he takes us in this broken reality and then he wants to perfect us because we're a brand new creation in Christ aren't we and so he wants us to grow into the full stature of the Christ correct he wants us to be Christ like you and I are called to be ambassadors from the kingdom of heaven living on earth which means we're disciples who know everything about heaven we've received the love the joy, the peace, the rest, the freedom, the power, and we're on earth ministering love, rest, freedom, power, 
signs and wonders because we are ambassadors from heaven living here just like he did. And then the Father's going to take us back up to heaven to have our entire future in a new heaven and a new earth with him, correct? And in between that, there's a thing called a thousand year reign where those who actually live that life and are overcomers in that life and are obedient and faithful, they will establish his governmental reign with him on earth for a thousand years while a whole lot of other Christians, the Bible say, are asleep. And we have to figure out which one we want to be because the invitation is out for all, but only those that actually live an overcoming life will actually be partner and partake with him in this. But we'll ultimately spend our entire eternity with him, but how close do you want to be to him in the new heaven and the new earth? Because as we've been looking at for 11 years, there are different levels or depths of intimacy with God. So you can be a child of God or you can be his bride. You can be a priest, a saint, or you might want to go for the ultimate, which is the most intimate, which is what the entirety of the kind of context is written about. It's called you want to be his bride, where you love him with all and he loves you with all because you work through with the Holy Spirit and you figured out with him because you gave him your whole heart in 2021 tonight and said let's go and he went okay I'm going to take you on a journey because I've released you from you and we hold ourselves back because we're unaware of a reality that only he can do so he wants us to be like his son literally Christ like what does that look like guys in your life tonight Like, are you able to keep the first command? Are you able to keep the second, which is like it? Because you gave him your entire heart. He's renewing your mind. You're not living from your feelings. And you're now actually able to demonstrate wisdom. That's the invitation. That's fully possible if you do it his way. If you don't do it his way, then you'll always get the fruit of your way. And you'll be frustrated. And when people who are doing it his way turn up, you won't quite get them and they'll either upset you because they'll be trying to help steer you to the way, but the way is a loss of you. And it's a gain of him. So we have to be confronted with this reality and we have to understand how we're broken into parts, but we're one being. Yeah, so I want to maybe draw some of that up. See, have you got the bottom there with the body, soul, and spirit? Um, maybe we should just get you to fill in that middle part first, because so just you know you got your couple of scriptures. You got Philippians and Philippians, and then it says through this process we become poor in spirit, no longer proud in spirit. So when you and I are born, we are not humble, correct? We are full of pride. Yeah? So that's a demonic spirit, isn't it? We don't have a demon in us, but that's a demonic spirit. So when Jesus addressed James and John, and they were trying to torch the Samaritans, he said, you guys don't know what spirit you're of that's coming out of you. When he addressed Peter, and he said, get behind me, Satan, 
He's saying you have in you a demonic spirit called pride manifesting because you don't get what you think is my way. So he told the moment, he told Peter, I'm going to die. Peter went, no, you're not. Got in his face because his way was not his way. So the way of Christ was not the way of Peter. Peter, demonic spirit of pride, jumped up and went, that ain't happening. Well, every time you do that, you've got to ask yourself, why? Like, why are you opposing God and his way when you're supposed to be in his way? Well, maybe you haven't been released from something that you need to get released from through power because that does not mean you can access life. You can't expect to be in life if you're going the opposite way to the way of life, can you? Like, if you point your car and go to Invercargill, but you're supposed to be in Auckland, you're going the complete wrong way to the way you need to and so God's loving you, but he has to make you aware that you're going the wrong way. So we start from a spirit of pride. We're full of pride. You can't get around it. That's how you're born. Now, whether you know that or not, that's between you and God, but that's the truth. I'm so humble. No, you're not. You're anti-God and need rescuing because remember, like Adam and Eve, you partook of something, not because you did, but because we are of Adam's seed, so naturally we're of that order, of that tree. So we don't start in the right place. But the good news is God wants to get us on track. So when, through this process we're going to address, we become poor in spirit, no longer proud in spirit. So as we go through this perfecting process, we go from proud to poor. So poor in spirit is the first what in the kingdom of heaven? The first be attitude, which is an attitude within you, correct? So the first sense of the kingdom being formed in you because you're giving him your heart is you're now humble. You've gone from being full of you to being full of him. And you actually have a humility of Spirit, because it's spiritual attitudes, it's not natural attitudes, it's of the spirit. So it's a spirit of pride, you get lose that and you get a spirit of humility. It's an amazing exchange. And then the Bible says all the other, all those other nine being attitudes flow out of the first. So the first base position is critical to be released. So we've got to be released from the spirit of pride that Adam and Eve started with, that we're in. Otherwise, we won't be able to access anything. We'll just be getting in the way of ourselves. Okay? Tracking so far? Let me just read this out. This, this poor and spirit attitude is the first placed and positioned attitude that was in Christ himself. So this first placed and positioned attitude was in the Christ. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to be of his kind but we don't start of his kind the blessing of this is the building and development of the kingdom life within us the blessing of this is the building and development of the kingdom life within us which is we're going to look at with what Jesus brought with him we now have access to all the other eight blessings of being attitudes because our will no longer has the center stage of our lives. Now, there can be some confusion over that word, our will, because we think that means what we're going to do. 
So I want to unpack this because it doesn't mean what you're going to do. When I talk about your will here, which you're going to look at, which is in your soul, it's your state of being. All right. So, spirit, soul, body. Three in one, correct? So you're a human being and you are made up of three parts, but you are one being. It's a bit like father, son, spirit. Three, but one, okay? So on aspect, you can't really separate these things because you're one, but you can look at them and then figure out, ah, where the issue actually lies. So through power, we are to receive the Holy Spirit here, correct? Which means we now have His Spirit living in our spirit. It's His Spirit that cries back, Abba Father, correct? So His Spirit finds its home. Hence, we're to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're the house, the house is not a building. The house was not the tabernacle. The house was not the Ark of the Covenant. You are the new Ark of the Covenant. Welcome to being the one who houses and homes God. Okay, so you have a soul. And who can tell me the three parts of your soul? Okay, your mind, will, and emotion. So you've been saved, to use that word, here. But you need to get saved here, and you need to get saved here. And unfortunately, too many Christians just receive this, and this runs wild. And so this, if all you have is just this position, this means you are justified but you need to enter into the sanctificational process because that entire process is actually salvation. So when you read the Bible and it talks about salvation, it's not just talking about getting justified of your spirit. It's talking about the complete and entire saving of your spirit, soul and body because remember, you're going to be perfect like Christ. The goal is maturity. So the goal is to have his mind, correct? How are you getting on with that one? How many demonic thoughts do we have on a daily basis? We're not good enough. I don't stack up. I'm never going to be this. I'm never going to be that. I'm ne they are demonic thoughts. They're not from God. They're not the mind. That's your mind or the enemy's mind throwing you arrows and darts that you're believing. And if you receive and agree with the seed, then death will enter into you. So you need to hear and know the seed of life, the seed of truth, because the seed grows, doesn't it? Okay, so let's unpack this. Now this is not what you're going to do. The will here that God wants to take out is your spirit of pride. This is the thing that controls you. This is the thing that actually determines whether you're going to live or not. This is what's so strong in us, isn't it? This thing that you want to live for you, correct? You can't get free of that, can you? 
So if it's just about praying a prayer, you know, like Romans 10, 9, repeat after me, pray this prayer now, live, then how come we aren't this church on fire, meaning the church around the world, being able to keep all the commandments in the in overflowing life and all that? Because we prayed that prayer, what's the problem? And unfortunately, in an institutional model that just wants bums on seats, it doesn't give you the whole purpose of God. And there's way more than that than just this getting saved and getting you doing some works. So remember, he wants to perfect you into his image, doesn't he? He wants to go inside and do a work inside, and it's circumcision on the inside it's crucifixion on the inside to produce his life in you so you can live from the inside out you're not living towards you live from but we've been taught you grappling here and there and you're quoting it here and there you're trying to stuff it in here but actually he wants to go to work on the inside didn't he say to the pharisees man you guys polish the outside of the cup all the time, but you are full of evil and self-indulgence. You are full of yourself. You live for yourself. It says in the last days, mankind will be lovers of themselves. How do you know if you're a lover of self? Well, your life will tell you. It's real easy. This is why we get offended, because true wisdom is in demonstration. So what you're living is who you're in. If you spend most of your life thinking about you, living for you, if your initial response, your first response when the word comes is, what about me? That's telling you something. Big time. If your first thought is loss in relation to change with God, that's telling you something. You've got to come overcome that. You've got to allow God in because that's not how he responds. It should be, wow, that's exciting. Because you are free of you. You will always see loss before you ever see gain. Self goes, that means I'm going to die. That means it's a negative for me. That means I'm going to be second, right? Well, that's not Christ, is it? So this is this. So this is what needs to die. Now, it might take some time, like we looked at last week, for that to die in you. Because you might be full of self, full of pride, going, my spirit is saved. So if I was to die tonight, sure, I'd go to heaven because I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. But that doesn't mean this deals with it all. And your soul realm is the realm you need to really get sorted out with him. Because this is the control mechanism of you. This costs you nothing. Cost him everything, yeah? All you have to do is, do you believe this? Yes. There's no real loss in that yet, is there? So that's your free gift. Now, most people say that's where it finishes, that's where it starts. You've just about to enter into the entire process of having you, meaning your old man gone, and the new man coming through. And you're going to be able to live an eternal life on earth if you channel through this entire process. You will look like him, sound like him, speak like him, act like him. You will represent him as his ambassador on earth, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're not just a follower who's justified by blood. You're actually Christ-like, inside and out.
Now that is a process, isn't it? Because the whole process of maturity is going to take some time, yeah? So, we need to be humble here, correct? So we are spirit of pride here, and we need to get a spirit of humility. Now as you fall on the rock and get broken into pieces, this is what gets broken into pieces, the thing you're born into. Some people only fall off a chair and get chipped. I chipped my arm, but I'm not broken. You you know what I mean? So that's part of what we looked at last week. That can be a dying, but you need to die. So what needs to happen is this spirit of pride, which remember is demonic, which was in James and John, it was in Peter, it's in humanity, needs to get crucified or circumcised. By what? And who is power? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the power of God. Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. So you need to get resurrected out of this state and into that state. Does that happen by verbal and mental agreement? If you got into this state by no fault of your own, do you think you can get out of that state on your own? No, otherwise you don't need, we don't need God, do we? Like it doesn't make any sense. This is bondage. You are bondage here in the kingdom of darkness, destined, he has to send his son, who has to what? Die and be raised to life. So he is alive in the spirit, but has to die physically, correct? But you're dead in the spirit and alive physically. See the opposite? So he's alive in the spirit, but he has to die physically. You're alive physically, but need to die spiritually. So he died for you, rose again, and this is what we need to receive. So we need to have an encounter with power, and our heart needs to be circumcised or crucified. So when Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, did he get up on the cross? So what's he talking about? I had the same encounter Jesus had on the cross. I died that day. Do you honestly think it was a mental decision that took Saul to being Paul? No, not at all. I did not make a mental decision and go, you know what, I think I'll become a Christian today. That's a really good idea. Power took Saul to Paul. Power took Greg to be Greg, power needs to take you from the old dead reality into brand new life. 
Because if it's one way, it's one way. It's not one way for you, one way for me, and one way for another. That's all the other religions. There's only one way. His name is Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And when I enter into this part of you and that part of you, you will cease to exist. And then you start to live because you've been freed from who? Your demonic spirit of pride that has you bound up and holds you. And it's the reason why you can't lay your life down for people and you will be consumed with you first. You will always have you first, you first, you first. Why? Because that's demonic. You're not demonic. You don't have a demon in you, but you are born with a spirit of pride that wants to live for itself. And it's got you. You might not know that because you might have made verbal and mental agreements your entire Christian life with standards and guidelines, but you still can't actually live this Christ-filled life. And you always read about a reality that's never quite your own. You go, you read about love. I don't even know what that is, but I know he loves me, but I've never received it in me. And I certainly can't lay my life down. And I certainly can't love like Jesus. So this is the starting point, which is Romans 12 verse 1. Who can read that for me? Someone grab that. It's not in your notes. Grab your Bible or phone or something and read out loudly what Romans 12, 1 says. Who's memorized it? Who's eaten it and drunk it so you know it? Sorry. Sorry. Say it again. Yeah, so in view of God's mercy... Which means you've got to see something, eh? You've got to know his mercy. You've got to know what he's done. You've got to know your state. In view of God's mercy, lay your life down. I can't do that. Well, you can if you see mercy. So if he shows you, if he opens up the realm of the spirit and shows you your true state and where you're going and how he's been loving you, while well, you've been like thinking you maybe love him or don't love him or you're the opposite, but he shows you in view of that mercy, lay your life down because this is your spiritual act of worship. So worship is the giving of your entire heart. It's lordship. Worship is lordship. It's not singing songs. It's giving you over, number one. And that's the first. So if that hasn't been done, you haven't even started. Meaning you're justified, but you've got no way of being perfected because you're going to be in the way of you and you're holding you back. So what you do is you go, I'll give you a bit. He goes, I need all. And you go, no, I'll give you a bit. He goes, I need all. What aren't you getting? It's all or nothing. Lordship's not even 99%. Lordship is 100 but you go, I can't. He goes, I know. So you have to ask for me to do a work, don't you? Yes, so get asking, get seeking, get on your face and whatever it's going to take for me to do a work in you to release you from you. He says, people of God, how bad do you want this thing? Well, that's a bit intense. <laughs> it's intense, all right? So Romans 12.1, which is whose message? Nope. Well, yeah, but who brought this message? What, what is all this sort of here about? What do you have to repent of? Remember that word repentance? John the Baptist. 
of your iniquity and sin. And once again, this isn't just a, a mental thing. This is a powerful do you know, you, I don't believe you can actually repent unless he shows you in the spirit because you really don't know what you're repenting of. You're remorseful. Oh, I'm sorry, here I am again. But next week, here I am again. And next week, here I am again. And I'm trying my best to not do this thing that I keep eating. Anybody? I did this for 29 years. I won't do it again. Here I am again. I won't do it again. Here I am again. You don't even want to do it, but you're doing it because you can't free from you from you. So this isn't just a mental thing. This is a power thing. The whole thing is based on power because it's a circumcision of the heart that releases you from you, which is Romans 12.1, which is John the Baptist's message because there's two messages and that now prepares you for Jesus' kingdom message, Correct which is no longer about having the heart dealt to, it's now having the mind renewed. So when he turns up and he says, repent because my kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning this, it's not up there, it's right here. Grab my hand. He walks right up and he goes, repent because my kingdom is at hand. I've done a work in your heart, now I want to change your mind. It's as that close to you. I brought it with me. But the church is taught it's there. And we're waiting for there. And he goes, it's here. No, 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 it's there. No, it's here. Because I brought my kingdom with me. I'm the king of the kingdom. It lives within me. I freed you from you. So now you can be an ambassador who lives the eternal kingdom on earth. And your life becomes the demonstration or the wisdom of that kingdom but man I need to renew your mind because your mind is not mine I have freed you in the heart I have circumcised it with my power I have resurrected you out of a dead state into me life now let me go to work on your mind do you know the greatest sin in the church is unbelief because when the word goes out we go don't believe that don't believe that that's impossible, that's not for me. And you instantly shut it all down. Instantly, doesn't have a chance to go anywhere near. Isn't that what it says in the parable of the sower? The seed goes out and as quick as it's gone out, it's gone. So he wants to renew the mind. Romans 12 what? 2. Did you know Romans 12.1 is about the heart? Romans 12.2 is about, excuse my drawing, <laughs> the mind. The two organs that stop you from entering into this perfected life. So let me deal with your heart. Let me deal with your mind. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. You're born outside of me, remember? Remember my tree is revelation yours is reason logic and rationale you're going to try and control everything you're going to try and fix everything you're going to try and put me in a box <laughs> I'm going to say lose you're going to say no I'm going to say give you're going to say no I'm going to say love you're going to say what about me what about me what about me what about me so I'm going to speak the word and the word 
is from another realm and you can't understand it because you're of earth. Yes, your heart's been ready. Yes, you can receive the seed so you can receive it within you. But I've got to renew your mind. You don't try and study me. You don't go to school to learn about me and study me like you would everything else. You come to the school of me. Isn't that what the Pharisees said? How did this guy get educated? He didn't turn up at Pharisee school. No, where did he go? Straight to his father. His father was a teacher. Hello, church. Is the Holy Spirit your teacher yet? Are you looking to me or the Holy Spirit? I'm a really good second. I'm a lousy first. By now, everyone should have the anointing of the Spirit, should be teaching. The Holy Spirit should be teaching you. That was prophesied in Jeremiah. That was a long time ago. So you're all to have the Holy Spirit as your teacher who wants to renew your mind to who and what? Him, who you are in Him, His purposes, His plans, so you can leave your life and get on board with doing His will, which is action which is a different will to that because that's your state of being. This is now Jesus is going to do the will of the Father. So now out of your body, guess what you're doing? Your body is now doing what He wants you to do. You're no longer doing what you want to do because you've got a different control system in you. Your mind is being constantly brought into the kingdom mysteries. So you're being granted to know the mysteries, Matthew 13, and you can speak, live in accordance to him. I will not shrink back from telling you the whole counsel of God and the entire purpose in the gospel message of the kingdom. Unfortunately, too many people only know that. And that's where you get it. And then you've got to go to a world and try and get a whole lot of people for that, which I'm not against. I love it. But man, this is the entire message. So you can live and walk in the manner in which he walked. Do you know it says, if you tell him that you know him and can't keep his commandment, what are you, Chris? You're a liar. And liars do not enter into the kingdom, do they? Now, who are you lying to ultimately? Yourself. That sounds like deception, doesn't it? You think you're in something, but what you think you're in and what this says is opposite. And so you've got to leave what you think, because remember, your thoughts are earthly, and you need to have your mind renewed, which is eternal, so you can start living in alignment to that. So what you say and what you live are one expression. And you go look at Romans and Corinthians, and it says the manifestation of his life wants to come out of your body. Think about that. So when they look at us, they don't see us, do they? Who do they see? Christ, because you've entered into the process of sanctification. So your spirit got redeemed. Awesome, number one. Number two, you go on the process to have your soul saved. So God wants to deal with your will once and for all. He wants to replace that and give you His spirit of humility. You don't try to be humble. You either are or you aren't. Okay? It's as simple as that. It's as absolute. You either are humble or you're not. You can try to be it. It's called false humility. Plenty of that going on. Right? Now he wants to renew your mind because he's got your heart out the way. He's given you a brand new heart. So now let me renew your mind. Doesn't it say prepare your mind for battle? So once your mind is on the process of renewing, guess what? You're going to be sent darts that want to get in the way of your mind being renewed, correct? 
Who do you have to overcome? Who's sending you the darts? Hey? Yeah, could be the evil one. Could be you. Could be your flesh. Could be the world. You have to overcome the adversary, the world, and the flesh. So he can free you from here and you still actually tell yourself lies. Why? Because you're not entering into the process of having your mind renewed where you actually start seeing with clarity and you know things. So you can see, which means you can partake, you can receive and live from. But all this is in an unseen reality, but it's seen to you, correct? Because like I said before, repent. Anna, you need a complete way of thinking, metanoia. I want to do this work in you because repent, because my kingdom is right here. Take my hand. And all of a sudden now together, we're one, walking this out in oneness, seeing the same thing. Doesn't Paul say, make my joy complete by having the same, which is our minds or Christ's mind? Right. And of the same spirit, of the same love, of the same purpose, which is one. Huh, not 10 million, one. Why is that? Because your mind is being renewed to his purpose, his will, not what I think his will is for my life. And so I go my whole journey looking for something that doesn't exist. Plenty of that going on, isn't it? Is this hitting the mark? Is this the weight of this going, Wow. So this is the process of salvation and then all of a sudden out of your body comes Christ. You release the manifestation of Jesus Christ. You love another like he's loved you when they hate you. Isn't that the standard? Like the standard isn't doing what the earth can do, is it? That's not love. That's just flesh good works. Loving him is doing something the world can Sorry, loving another like him is doing something the world can't do. Which is a work of faith, which comes from the unseen, doesn't it? So what this produces is this word called fellowship. See how fellowship's not cups of tea? But oneness with him oneness with the triune God now when you're one and your life is hidden in him Colossians 3 1 to 4 and you're living this out who else do you have oneness with say it who one another but your oneness with one another isn't defined by oneness with one another it's defined by oneness with him so there is no oneness with him. There is no oneness with one another. So what we have to do is paint up a false reality and we call it friendship. But that's not fellowship. And there's nothing wrong with friendship, but you know when two friends come together and they can't agree? And fellowship gets destroyed. And all of a sudden you have all these other aspects of God. I don't want to give it a name. Hopefully you can figure it all out. And instead of having oneness, you've got all these different expressions of something on the earth, and we call it the church, but he said the church is to be one. But because the church isn't in this process called sanctification of having your entire being saved, which starts at your heart being circumcised through power, your mind being renewed by power, and then you live a life of power. This is the eternal life, and it is to be in you, coming through you, 
And there is zero excuses because he has made the way. It's just whether you know about it, so you're hearing about it, and whether you want to seek him because all that is in an unseen realm. That's what makes it so tricky because you can't access it in you. But have you been given the Holy Spirit? So what's the role of the Holy Spirit? Into all the truth? Isn't he there to disclose the things that Jesus said? Isn't the whole thing already finished? But do you really believe that? So it was finished before it began. What does that mean for the church? If it was finished before it began and it is already written, what does that mean for you and I? Does that mean we have to go creating? So why do we? We have to come into what's already. But how do you come into what already is? Well, the Holy Spirit wants to bring you into, which means you need to know the person. You absolutely need to know who the Holy Spirit is. Because without that, you're going to try to access and possess stuff and you'll never be able to lay hold of it. Otherwise, there's no point in the Holy Spirit coming, is there? Like zero point. The disciples couldn't access what Jesus was saying, correct? As a whole. Why? Because the Holy Spirit needed to come. He said, I need to go. It's better if I go. And then the Holy Spirit will come and he will live in you. He will do this work in you because he's going to write what's written on your heart from the inside out so you can naturally just live out a kingdom life. You're not going to try. You're not going to have to squeeze it out. You're not going to have to spend hours and hours and hours trying to figure it out. It's just going to happen because it's so authentic and real if you know the one who's commissioned to do this work, which means something's got to change, doesn't it, church? Like drastically we can't just be turning up here on Sundays and Wednesday nights thinking this is going to cut it. We've got to leave here and go be found like Mary was in him at his feet, asking, seeking, knocking, because he's waiting to bring us into an eternal realm and reality so we can be the demonstration and the wisdom of the manifold aspect of God here on the earth that the heavenly realm would take note of. And man, are we in times where people need to see the light of the world through the vehicle called the church who doesn't really know who she is. So we have an opportunity to be perfected. It's time to grow up and get off milk. God gave us brand new food in 2010. He removed the food. What food are you eating? He's about to do another significant shift here. And we are to be ready for the significant shift because we go where he goes. We move when he moves. We don't get fixed on an abode, do we? That's what the natural wants to do, doesn't it? Should we pitch a tent here because it's good? What are you doing? We're on a constant journey of coming into more and more and more and more, going from glory to glory to glory to glory, having our minds renewed to renewed to renewed. How many mysteries do you want to know and live from? I'll give you one. Have you seen the city that Abraham saw yet? 
And is that city empowering you to leave your life and run? That's one. Aren't we called to see in the unseen? How do you do that? How do you see the invisible kingdom of God? You get your mind renewed. How do you get your mind renewed? Through the Holy Spirit. But the problem is if you've still got a hard heart, your heart's going to write everything off. Because your heart or that spirit will go, eh, 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 because this sounds like it's death. The word of God came to Adam and Eve, and what were they doing? Hiding. Why are they hiding when they were with them? Because they ate from the wrong tree. So they're hiding. If you hide from God and God's trying to give you something, that's a problem, yeah? Which means you've got to come out from hiding. But I'm scared. They were scared. I'm afraid. Now, did not God give them an opportunity, Adam, an opportunity? He says this. Who told you that you were naked? Opportunity to come clean. Opportunity for change. Opportunity for me to fix what you did. What does he do? You're the problem. See what this thing does? So this part of you can rule it all out. And when the word comes and the sound comes, this thing in you knows, oh my goodness, that's after me. That's after me. That's coming for me. You may not cognitively even recognize what's going on, but the thing in you is starting to squeal like that alien in that movie. And the word's coming to crucify. It's coming to pierce that and release you from you. So this thing, which is demonic, correct? What happened when Jesus turned up and the demon were in the people? They wanted to get rid. Right, so same thing. It wants to get rid. It doesn't want to get crucified. It wants to live. So this isn't dealt with here. The heart is the central point of everything. It's the, the, the thing that God has given. So this has to be dealt with. This is one. That is two. And then you don't live from your emotions which is the third aspect here. What do you live from if your heart is circumcised and crucified and that's dealt with? Your mind is being renewed daily. Daily, yeah? So then you're not going to live from your feelings, are you? Now, feelings are good, correct? But you don't live from them because if you live from your feelings and you're having a bad day, then, oh my goodness. And if you're having a good day because the sun's out, Hey, but if something turns up like you lose your job, oh, and you're up, down, up, down. If Jesus lived from his feelings, he ain't going the cross for us, is he? If Paul lived from his feelings, he ain't going. So what do you have to live from? Yeah, you do. Yeah, 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 but. <laughs> My writing. Truth. Trump. <laughs> truth. The spirit of truth. So as he renews your mind, you're coming into truth. Doesn't the truth make you free? If you continue in my word, which is himself, not just words on a page, he is the word of God. So it's one reality. And so you, this defines your emotions. 
So when loss happens, a job, the loss of a loved one, what we're going through right now, the truth in me stands up and it's not me, it's Christ in me because Christ is revealing himself in me and I'm able to live. It's the powerhouse position, man. Who can take that out? Who can separate you from the love of God? You are more than a conqueror. You're more than when you're in this. It's just one way. It's called forward. There is no retreat. And I'm not talking about standing there with placards and doing all that. I'm talking about being a peacemaker. There's the capacity of power in you to actually grab that side and that side who are opposing each other and bring them both into the middle because that's what love can do. And you're able to stand in the face of mass opposition and hatred and they will hate you because of me. Because of me in you that's coming out of your body but you will love them. And we're in a time when they need to see a church that is light, hope, love, life, light. Keep going, peace joy but is that going to be the church well it will be that's the church he's going to have at the end times but it won't just happen there's an agreement that's got to happen like you can't just go oh that'll be me no remember you want it to be you give me your entire heart that's based on conditions isn't it that's not that's free unconditional this is all conditional on your what? Beginning with O. Obedience. Obedience unlocks it all. Disobedience doesn't. Is that clear? Clearer? Wow, 823. Do you want to ask any questions of that as a group before we maybe take off and do our groups I'd encourage you we've recorded tonight so sorry about last week I completely didn't hit record um, and I went to press stop I went oh yeah I didn't even hit record um, so that's recorded so I just encourage you to marinate in it we were talking before eh, about washing in the word it's like washing in the word you know, it's like, yeah, you think about that analogy, it's the washing. It's got to wash over you and over you. It's not a one-off, it's a washing. It's a marinating, yeah? So you soak. Yeah, when you marinate a good bit of steak, it's soaked and marinated overnight, isn't it? And it gets right into the pores of the meat. Well, that's what the word is to do. So when it's within, it just comes out. And you may not even say a thing, but you're living it. And this is the key, guys, is that the message is your life. Your life is the message. Your life is the wisdom. Paul said, I'm no longer a man who speaks persuasive words of wisdom. I'm a man that is the demonstration of the wisdom. And that's what needs to manifest. People need to see through our lives the message, the true testimony of Jesus Christ, not through our words, through our lives, then the testimony of our words. Lives first, testimony second. They need to touch it, see it. Otherwise it's just empty.
They've had too much of that. You need this, you need this, you need this. Well, you need it too. <laughs> I don't see a lot of life, I just see a whole lot of words. I don't see anything that I can't do. And by the way, maybe I can do it better because there's a whole lot of people talking about you can renew your own mind, you can well-being and all that stuff. But what you can't do is change you. All right, let's get into groups, eh? Any questions later on during the week, whatever, just email and um, they might come out in the questions. <laughs>